welcome everybody. You are listening to Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. Alex Skyvich Protus back again. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember, our podcasts are available on YouTube, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Follow our social media pages, especially our Twitter at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast. One thing I'm going to do today, I was originally going to do two things, but I'm going to break it down into actual one and then probably finish up the other one. What I'm doing on Thursday probably is going to be how this year's draft class will actually impact the 2020 season, where they're going to start, if they're going to be on special teams, if they're going to be on the practice squad. But the thing I'm actually going to do today is position grades. Grades by position, quarterbacks, linebackers, defensive line, you name it. All those positions, including special teams, will be graded, and I will give a grade at the end. Here it is right now. Okay, so now we look at the... New York Giants depth chart, according to our lads. This is not really updated. It's not really fixed a lot, but we'll work through it. We did this in another podcast. If you saw it on YouTube, we're going to do it also right now. So first position is the quarterback position in the quarterback group. You have Daniel Jones, the rookie, the second-year guy coming out of Duke in 2019. Colt McCoy, the journeyman backup for the Browns, really was their franchise QB. Then they got rid of him. Was with Washington for a little bit. Cooper Rush, the backup in Dallas. Alex Tanney, the backup, well, third stringer last year, backup in 2018. And then Case Cookus, the undraftee out of, I believe, Northern Arizona. So, how we grade here? Well, you have to base it on a couple of things. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Now, he's coming into his second year. Had a lot of fumbling issues last year. You really need, especially in a new scheme, you really need somebody who needs to be that solid backup quarterback just in case he gets injured. Got injured last year in the Green Bay game. Eli filled him in, but Eli's not here anymore. Eli retired. Now, you have three viable backup options. Case Cookus, I really wouldn't recommend because he's an undraftee. Doesn't really know the system. Cooper Rush is an option. He was with Dallas for a couple of years behind Dak Prescott. That's somebody I would recommend. Tanny, possibly, because he's been with Daniel Jones. And I don't know, I don't think the system is going to be that much the same. They said that Jason Garrett's offense in Dallas is going to be similar. So they might be, go a little more runworthy. And then Colt McCoy, obviously, signed in free agency to be a backup, which is debatable. Now, as I said, Daniel Jones, you need a backup for him. You also need a worthy QB coach. Just can't deal with one QB coach. You have to have a backup quarterback and an offensive coordinator supporting your franchise quarterback. So therefore, you could have one of these three worthy guys, in my opinion. I think Case Cook is either a practice squad signing or he is either a cut in the preseason. But we are in May and preseason cuts happen in September this year because I believe the last preseason game is September the 3rd or the 4th. And that's when the Giants face the Patriots at home. So the quarterback, great, I'm going to give them is a B plus. Obviously, you can't see much of Daniel Jones right now because he's really coming out of his first year. He didn't start all the games, but then you look up behind him. It's good quarterback depth, but Cooper Rush is more the viable option necessarily because he knows Jason Garrett's system and could fill him in on some tips. So B plus for the quarterback group. Going back to the running back group now. You got Saquon Barkley, who's your immediate number one. Unless the Giants run some three running back scheme, I don't see that happening because obviously Jason Garrett's offense is going to be similar from what he ran in Dallas to now. 
And Joe Judge already said that, so he never said anything about no three running backs. Now, Saquon Barkley, he's your number one. Deion Lewis, most likely your number two running back. He was with the Eagles, with the Patriots, with the Titans. If I'm missing any teams, I apologize, but he's rushed for, I think, a 1,000 yards before in his prime. He's more of a backup now. He was backup behind Derrick Henry. He was really the main running back in New England besides James White, but... Once he got to Tennessee, I think his career was more like going to going to be a backup at that point in his career. And he's, I think, I believe in his 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Then behind him, you have a competition right here. You have Wayne Gallman, fourth-round pick, 2017 from Jerry Reese. Undrafty, 2019, Jonathan Hilleman out of Rutgers. And Javon Leak, the running back from Maryland. He's undrafted. Now, I talked about this competition a little bit, especially in my last podcast with the make or break players. Wayne Gallman was one of them. If you have not seen that podcast or you haven't listened to it, go check it out now. It could give you a little bit more based on the running backs, especially because I did do a make or break player for every position, whether it be quarterbacks, running backs, linebackers, you name it. Defensive line too, obviously, but it's every position. Now, Wayne Gallman doesn't really have any special qualities other than being a possible three guy. He fell back last year after he got injured. They signed Javorius Allen. They favored him more. They've been trying to replace him for the last couple of years, so we'll see what happens in the preseason, but he's really going to have to show something. Jonathan Hillman, I don't see him staying on the roster in the slightest. Really hasn't showed us a lot, and he's fumbled at least once or twice when it came to the regular season, and he had to step in. But you have Javon Leak. Undrafty 2020 out of Maryland, can return kicks. He's a big yards per carry guy, especially when you don't give him a lot of reps. He had 11 yards per carry, I believe, in one of his seasons. Then it was nine, then it was seven. Yes, it decreased as it went. his career went on at Maryland. But then again, Goldman doesn't really provide you with seven yards per carry. Unlike Javon Leak, but Javon Leak did that in college. He can return kicks. That's something the Giants need if Corey Coleman does not stay healthy, but we'll also get to that. Running back position, I'm give it an A-. You do have the running back one position solidified with Saquon Barkley pending or barring any injury. Deion Lewis is your immediate number two running back. If he's not, I will be shocked. But then you have some okay options back here. Javon Leak, we'll see what he does when it comes to camp time. But Wayne Gallman and Jonathan Hillman are definitely somewhere near the chopping block there fullback position I really don't consider much here I wasn't really going to give him a grade and I'm not going to really but you just have Elijah Penny and George Aston. I don't know much about George Aston, but Penny's done a good job as a fullback blocking the last couple of seasons especially when it came to the run game I might as well just give that position like a B minus or something next is the wide receiver position see it covers here and here now you have Golden Tate Sterling Shepard and Second year man, Darius Slayton, the sixth round pick. I think he was actually maybe been fifth round pick. I'm not sure. But Darius Slayton there, the top three receivers. Slayton stepped up in a big way last year when the receivers were going down. Finished with, I believe, eight total touchdowns, which may have been the most on the team. You look behind him, you really don't see much pop-outs. You really don't see much people that could really fulfill that. They have to compete for it. They have to show stuff. Cody Core, he's a special teamer. 
He's never the receiver, so they could keep him as like a six guy. Kind of going to substitute what Antonio Hamilton did with the cornerbacks. He will step up in situations where there is an injury, just like Hamilton did. But I don't think Core is as horrible as a wide receiver as Antonio Hamilton was at cornerback. We all saw that week one. Now, Damari Scott, he's a punt returner. We saw that against the Dolphins and anywhere else that... We all saw him last year. He stepped in a little bit at wide receiver. Didn't do that well. But he could be staying on the roster depending on what the coaching staff sees in him. Corey Coleman, this is his last shot. Again, he was on my make-or-break players. 2018 came in from the waiver wire, I believe. Came to the practice squad. They signed him off the practice squad. Returned a couple of good kicks. No touchdowns, though. So, in 2019, towards ACL. On the first day of training camp when I was there. And did not do much for that season. Now, he's a first round pick of the Browns. Has been bouncing around teams for the last couple of seasons. This is his last shot, in my opinion, to make it not really a starter. But less like a four or a five guy for the Giants. Because his chances are running out. They, It's kind of like a John Halapio thing if you think about it. Because even though... Coleman was injured 2018, you know, he still got the late start and really didn't fit into the offense right away. More special teams duties. Next receiver, Benjamin Victor, the undraftee out of Ohio State. A lot of people say that he's a go-get-it wide receiver. A lot of people say he is not. Same scenario, undraftee Derek Dillon and Austin Mack. Dillon from LSU, Mack from Ohio State again. Now, all these guys get to have a chance to make the roster as everybody does, but these guys are UDFAs. The Giants didn't draft a wide receiver, so behind Slayton, behind Tate and Shepard, you're going to have immense competition, whether it be keeping for special teams or someone who could just line it up you know, in time that you really have that spot filled at wide receiver and you're not throwing to a bunch of flunkies. Now, I'm not saying they develop right away, but it's going to take a little bit of time. But if these guys can be gems for you, they can. Now, David Sills, I think he was undrafted coming out from West Virginia, I believe. He had a little time with the Bills, signed to the practice squad. I haven't seen much on him, so I can't really make an assumption. Same with Alex Backman. I think he was a UDFA nine in 2019. I can't be sure on that, though. Signed last year the practice squad, Amba Edatawo. I think this is his third preseason with the Giants in a row. I don't know. I can't be sure that he spent last year's preseason, but I do remember him scoring a touchdown against the Patriots in the 2018 preseason when Kyle Loletta was still on the roster. So for the wide receiver position, I will give them a B plus. You have three wide receivers, good three starters, Tate, Shepard, Slayton. Who are those guys behind? That's something they're going to have to figure out in training camp. And that will be its own issue. But right now, B+. Move on to the tight end position. you got two here. Evan Ingram and Caden Smith. We saw a lot from Caden Smith coming off the waiver wire last year. Making some stunning catches. Made a touchdown catch against Landon Collins. The Redskins game in the final road game of the season. And you got Evan Ingram here. Now, Evan Ingram has problems staying healthy. You also need a three tight end. A third tight end. Now... Levine Toilolo was brought in because Rhett Ellison retired. Toilolo was the best blocking tight end when it came to run blocking, I believe, in 2018. 
You got Tomlinson, who's more of that guy. Dickerson, who's more of that guy. Grayson John, who's more of a receiving tight end. And then Kyle Markaway as well. So, what do I give these guys? I give these guys a B plus. You have two starters right here, possibly. Caden Smith, he really, he's not a full-time starter yet. But could grow into one in injury time. Evan Ingram, he has to stay on the field in order to be productive. That's how every sport works. But you have to figure out that third tight end that is a run blocker or is at least a solid depth guy. Toy Lolo, I think was signed to a one or a two-year contract. He's in his 30s. Tomlinson, signed from the Raiders. And you just have some great depth guys or good depth guys back here, depending on where you want to go situationally with your tight ends. Uh, CJ Conrad, somebody who impressed a lot of people in camp last year, unfortunately did not make the cut. Signed to the practice squad, released from the practice squad, signed to a futures contract, but released a couple of weeks ago so tight ends get a b plus here we go one of the most important positions offensive line now matt pert's not going to be the left tackle he's not going to be a two left tackle don't listen to that it's not what's actually going to happen but he is more of the right tackle kind now left tackle you have four candidates really really three but you could also put nick gates to the left side Maybe Eric Smith, because he did play a little bit there last year. Solder, not Peart really. As I said, that's more to the right side. Chad Slade, who could also work inside at guard. And Nate Wozniak, the former Saint and the former Viking. Guard, left guard, Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, the fifth round draft pick from Oregon this year. Center, the only proven center on the roster, Spencer Pulley. They released Tanner Volson who I believe was a UDFA last year. He still haven't signed John Jalapio, so we'll see where that goes there. Guards, right guards, Kyle Murphy, I think the uh, undrafted free agent out of Rhode Island, and in front of him is Kevin Zeitler, who really hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet. I'm surprised he's played solid all years of his career, but unfortunately the NFL has catered to the fans and made it a whole popularity contest. Now right tackle, Andrew Thomas, we'll see where he starts depending on Nick Solder's play, his play as well. Cam Fleming, the free agent signing from Dallas. Behind him, Nick Yates, Eric Smith, Tyler Haycraft, giving the offensive line a B-. Now, why not B+, you say? Well, some of these guys are not proven. You could say, oh, well, they drafted heavy on the offensive line. The product is actually what, you know, what actually on the field works. You know, that's how it comes out. You can't just say, oh, they depth their offensive line. You know, they drafted three picks in the first five rounds there. Can't say that. Actually, the product of the field is what matters most. And then you'll see what improvement grade they'll get. But you still have Nate Solder starting at left tackle, unfortunately. $19 million cap hit, $6 million saved, $13 million uh, eaten. If he is released, but I don't think they'll release him just yet. They might do it post-June 1st. They might actually do it at the end of the preseason, which is really a rarity. They might do it after this season. We'll not, we don't know. Matt Pert, as I said, um, I don't know if I covered him. I don't think I did in a full way. He's still a little raw, so you can't really decide upon him just yet. Chad Slade back up. Nate Wozniak, he's not really going to stay on the roster in my opinion unless it's a practice squad signing will hernandez struggled last year a little bit more than his rookie year really took a downturn shane lemieux the guard out of oregon a fifth round pick gonna take some time to play guard 
And also, he's going to get cross-trained to center, much like Nick Gates. But if any of those two play center first, it's going to be Nick Gates because he has more NFL experience. Spencer Pulley, he's a, the center, starting center right now. Claimed off waiver wire in 2018. He's not really that solid of a center. He's average at best when he doesn't struggle against the bull rush, Kevin Zeitler. This is really a bright spot, and this is probably the only position they upgraded it last year when it came to offensive line. Kevin Zeitler, also right tackle they upgraded last year. Mike Remmers over Chad Wheeler, but that's another topic. They got some depth guys here, Cam Fleming, Nick Gates, who could be a starter, and then Eric Smith and Tyler Haycraft will fight it for a backup tackle or practice squad signing behind him. That does it for the offense, so let's go to the defense. Defensive line, this includes defensive ends and nose tackles. Leonard Williams, he was franchised as a defensive tackle. He might or has submitted a grievance against them. B.J. Hill behind him, R.J. McIntosh, and Nico Lalos there. Dalvin Tomlinson and Chris Slayton, know the nose tackles. Dexter Lawrence there, and there's Austin Johnson. Defensive line, I'm going to give them really a B minus, I would say. Leonard Williams, he could get to the quarterback. He just can't sack the quarterback. He's good in the run game. We saw that statistically last year. B.J. Hill, he, his production dropped and so did his playing time. R.J. McIntosh improved with a little bit more playing time last year. Got two sacks. Chris Slayton really didn't see much from him. Last year was inactive for the only game that he was on the active roster. Dalvin Tomlinson, a lot of people want to say that they want to trade him for some picks. I don't believe so, in my opinion, because he could be a good fit. And his rookie year was pretty impressive. Took a little bit of a downturn in 2018, but 2019, he definitely stepped it up. Had the most sacks in his career, I believe it was three or four and a half. Defensive end Dexter Lawrence, we saw big things from him last year. Not a whole lot, but we saw some big moments where he would sack the quarterback, stop the run, you do that. Then Austin Johnson, rotational defensive end or defensive tackle, depending on where he's placed in the scheme. He is going to be a rotational guy if he does stay on the roster. It kind of reminds me of the Olsen Pierre signing. So B- minus for this defensive line. Covering all linebackers. Inside linebacker, right inside linebacker, outside linebacker positions. Now you have Kyler Fackrell, signed from Green Bay. Fit to Patrick's Graham, Patrick Graham's scheme. O'Shane Ziminis behind him. We'll see how much time he gets. He should get more time knowing that he had a great season or a good rookie season last year with less playing time than Lorenzo Carter, but probably put up more stats. Carter Coughlin, the seventh-round pick out of Minnesota. We'll see where he fits in. Really a special teams guy, but I'll get to that when I go to my rookie impacts, especially the draft picks, really the draft picks. Olawoli Betaku from Illinois. Don't know much of him, but we'll see what he can do in the preseason. They will have to release some linebackers, though, before they get in the training camp because it's filled to the brim on this depth chart, but they might, they might not. Limit is 90. Inside linebackers, David Mayo, backup last year, turned starter really in a time of need. Good in the run game, horrible in the pass game. Still can't get a much of a guy to cover. Blake Martinez, more of a tackling linebacker. Could stop the run in that second layer. Ryan Connolly coming off an injury. We'll see how he plays. ACL tear. ACL tear for Connolly last year. We'll see how he ends up. Take Crowder, the seventh round draft pick 
out of Georgia. Uh, really converted running back to linebacker. He's going to have some time to adjust. He's going to need some time to adjust, really, because he's trying to transition to linebacker at a full time, and he's also going to be playing in the NFL at some point. TJ Brunson, the linebacker out of South Carolina, drafted in the seventh round. Josiah Tawa last year's UDFA out of University of Texas, San Antonio. Dana Levine, I think he's at a temple. Also used as a linebacker. And Dominique Ross out of North Carolina, I believe. Going to the other outside linebacker position, Lorenzo Carter. Really disappointing season last year. Had more playing time. Not really any more production other than half a sack more. Devontae Downs, more of a special teams guy, brought over from Minnesota last year. Pat Shermer knows him. That's why he was brought in. But obviously, Pat Shermer's not here anymore. Going to need some depth, good depth at linebacker. Cam Brown is the next one. Six-round pick out of Penn State. Knows Sean Spencer, the new defensive line coach. But he's not playing defensive line. He's playing linebacker with Chris Scherer, I believe. I think he's the insider, outside linebacker's coach. Brett Bielma also going to be assisting there. And Chris Peace, the waiver wire pick from the Chargers. Didn't show much last year. Didn't do much as well. More of a rotational slash special teams guy. So for the linebacker core, C+. You need real depth. You need to show depth there. Blake Martinez needs to be a solid signing in order for Gettleman to keep his job. You need somebody like Connolly to step it up. He did have a good last two games before he got injured. You really don't need David Mayo starting again because in that situation, you need somebody who could cover a tight end or possibly a running back, and he really wasn't good at that last season. You also need favorable depth behind him that could stand in in wake of an injury. For the outside linebackers, you need somebody that can rush the passer. A lot of DB use by Patrick Graham. We'll see if that changes this year. Depending on how he wants to run his scheme. Because he's got a lot of DBs down here. We'll get to there in a minute. But for right now, this seems to be one of the weaker positions. Especially that, you know, you have the outside linebackers rushing as well. But they're also the second layer in stopping the run. And that's something the Giants haven't been able to do in a couple of years. Turning now to the cornerback slash defensive back position. You have DeAndre Baker as of right now starting because of all the hubbub that has been going on the real true number one corner James Bradbury signed off from Carolina you have Sam Beal behind that and then you have Corey Ballantyne behind Bradbury uh Montre Hartage he's really a safety but I don't know why they list him as corner on here he's really he could be a defensive back Mark uh excuse me Chris Williamson the seventh round draft pick out of Minnesota can't play safety or defensive back excuse me or cornerback so we'll see how that plays especially in the preseason with competition right here Christian Angulo the undraftee Malcolm Elmore the undraftee and then you got Rashawn Golden the former Carolina Panthers draft pick I believe and you also got Grant Haley Corey Ballantyne and Darnay Holmes the fourth round pick out of UCLA in the slot now Grant Haley really should not be starting in the slot this year whether they do in the preseason or the regular season. He's not a slot cornerback. He's more of a linebacker type, undersized, or a safety because he loves to tackle in the box. Just can't get it done in coverage. Corey Ballantyne struggled 
at slot cornerback last year once Haley was benched before he got injured. He's really more of an outside corner. We saw that with the interceptions, even though against a bunch of threes, we saw that Corey Ballantyne made an interception off Davis Webb, former giant quarterback. Darnay Holmes can kick off return, so he's definitely staying on the roster. Obviously, he was a fourth-round draft pick unless some character issues comes in, which I never heard of when it comes to Darnay Holmes. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, safeties. Julian Love is your starting free safety right now. Xavier McKinney has that position to steal unless Julian Love moves down to cornerback. And Xavier McKinney is the starting safety. Jabril Peppers, strong safety. Didn't play the whole season last year. Came over in a trade from Cleveland. He had some good plays last year. Fumble, forced, uh, De- Dalvin Cook, interception. I believe he forced another fumble as well. I just can't remember. He did force another fumble. I just don't remember when. Sean Chandler behind Jabril Peppers has been with the team since a mere 2018 season. Was really behind. More of a special teams guy. We mentioned Xavier McKinney. A lot of playmaking. Will have a position to steal if Love is still the free safety. If he's not, then it looks like it's McKinney's position. Because I don't see McLaurin or Drayvon Askew Henry stealing that position from him. What they need to do is obviously the competition behind here, Jaquarius Landrews, Nate Ebner, the special team signing, kind of a Michael Thomas signing right there, Mark McLaurin, the undrafted free agent, I believe, out of Mississippi, and Drayvon Askew-Henry from the XFL, New York Guardians to be exact. So there, uh, I give the total DB room a C+. Again, this is one of the weaker spots on the defense. Can't just assume, oh, DeAndre Baker's going to his second year. Oh, they drafted the slot cornerback in Darnie Holmes. Oh, Xavier McKinney, James Bradbury. You can't assume all that. It's what has to come on the field. And speaking, why is on defense, other than pass rush, secondary was the worst last year. I mean, the Giants got an increased number of sacks, but the secondary was beyond the worst. And even though they added McKinney in the secondary, and they got Bradbury and Darnay Holmes and whoever else they're going to put in there. They were 30th in coverage last year in the NFL, and that's not good. I mean, they were rookies, but we need to see change. We need to see improvement. So right now, I give them a C plus. Moving now to special teams, this is not just punt returner, long snapper, kicker, that stuff. It's also who contributes to, on special teams, Cody Core being one of them. He's not listed down here, though, because he's not really... He's really more of a gunner, but they don't list gunners on depth charts, really. Riley Dixon, the punter, had a Pro Bowl season last year. Didn't go to the Pro Bowl, though, because he was an alternative, but unfortunately, that's more of a fan contest or fan vote, and Dixon didn't get the cut. He was an alternative. I think it was a second or fourth team alternative. Aldrick Rosas. I mentioned him as a make-or-break player for special teams. Two goes against one here. Aldrick Rosas, he had two bad seasons, one good. One good in 2018 where he made the Pro Bowl, two bad 2019-2017. He needs to get it straight. Like, I'm not saying that he has to make all of his kicks in one year, going into many years, but again, you know, it's just inconsistency. They probably should bring in competition because competition makes everybody better. Released, uh, excuse me, Zach Diossi 
was not brought back this offseason. They also released Colin Holba, so Casey Kreider from Denver. Who knows Riley Dixon? Casey Kreider, the long snapper. Pro Bowl in 2018. Knows Riley Dixon, as I said. Better snaps this year. That's what we should see. And the kick return and the punt return game. Ballantyne did solid kick returning last year. Tate, punt returner. Pepper's also a punt returner. And Slayton also a kick returner. Not really... Slayton's a kick returner, I don't think, because he struggled a little bit with that last year when the Giants were down to their last leg when it came to the kick return game. Also got to add Corey Coleman and Darnay Holmes and also Javon Leak there. Some interesting roster perspectives in that way. So we'll see where that happens. But for special teams, I give it a mere A-. minus. You have a better long snapper now. You need to add to the punt return and the kick return game. And you need some competition for your place kicker, Aldrich Rosas, because you really can't afford another season where the team is bad and your kicker's worse. So that's where I'm going to do that. So if I were to give final thoughts on the roster, probably give the Giants a B- to a C+. A lot of questions coming into the season with the linebacking core in the secondary and including the offensive line because, again, you drafted heavy at those positions Xavier McKinney and Donnie Holmes in the secondary, along with Chris Williamson, the linebacking core, Carter Coughlin, TJ Brunson, Tate Crowder, Cam Brown, drafted there. But also on the offensive line, you drafted Andrew Thomas, Matt Peart, and also you drafted Shane Lemieux out of Oregon. Now, again, as I mentioned earlier, you could say they drafted depth. They did draft depth. But is that depth going to be good in the future? Is it going to be a Tay Davis-like thing or is it going to be a David Mayo like thing where there's positives more than there's negatives that's what it comes down to really so that's what that is again a lot of questions for this team wide receivers you need to figure out who are your bottom three wide receivers one probably being on special teams two being like those backup solid guys undrafted free agents running back room you need to figure out Saquon Barkley Deion Lewis who's behind them Fullbacks, nothing to really figure out here. Penny's going to win, in my opinion. It could change. Daniel Jones, who's his backup? Who is his number three quarterback? Who's going to be inactive every game? Uh, For defensive line, who's going to get more playing time? Leonard Williams seems to be that favorite right now. B.J. Hill could be rotational, depending on Patrick Graham's feeling of him. And as I said, secondary, offensive line, and linebackers All questionable positions based on the product. Not that you drafted there, but the product. Everybody says, oh, well, he drafted at linebacker, drafted at defensive back, drafted offensive line. You know, we're going to be good this year. No, because you need to see what the product is on the field and how the coaches are developing them. Special teams, again, the Giants always seem to have good special teams ever since the Gettleman era. Gettleman loves special teams. Gettleman loves those qualities. That's really something to do. Thank you guys for watching, listening, wherever you're listening, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and YouTube as well. Follow our social media pages at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast, another podcast coming out on Thursday. I think I have my plan for Thursday. I'll update you guys on Twitter. Twitter is where I'm mostly active, so if you want to ask me a question, whatever, at Bleeding Big Blue Podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our views are only going up. Our downloads are only going up because of you guys supporting us. Thank you guys so much and have a great night.